Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen with the Makers of Minnesota, and I am going to help you with your strategy for your business in 2021. Are you dreading social media and not sure when you should be posting on Facebook or Instagram? Or maybe you want to reach out to some influencers, but you don't know how to do it. Or maybe you just want someone to actually use your product and create some recipes for you. I am your gal. I've been developing lots of relationships over at stephaniesdish.com, and I can help you get your product into the hands of people that are going to use it and create influence and create buying patterns for people that you can count on as new customers. 2021 is going to get all of a sudden ramped up, and we're going to be moving real fast to capture some of the business opportunities that we lost in 2020. Don't be left out on the cold. Have new followers and new pairs of eyes on your product now. Give me a shout. I'd be happy to help you. I'm at S Hansen, H A N S E N marketing at gmail.com. It's S Hansen marketing at gmail.com for small business marketing for things like social media, recipe development, influencer posting, and just general PR help and getting the word out about your products. Hi, this is Stephanie, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things throughout the state of Minnesota. And today I'm talking to someone that provides a really useful service. I'm talking to Katie Labrosse. And is it Labrosse or Labrosse? Yep, Kate Labrosse. You got it. Okay. Kate, I'm going to just edit that part out. So I'm going to say your name again. I'm talking to Kate Labrosse, and she is the uh, owner of a business called Brand Builders Market. And what she does is she helps brands get started and helps them in lots of different ways that they definitely need. Kate, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stephanie. What is interesting about you is you have taken this business plan that was my business plan five years ago that I never did. Oh, fascinating. (laughs) I didn't know that. I love that. Okay. Yeah, it is. So I started Makers in Minnesota with the idea that I wanted to talk to brands and I wanted to podcast their stories, but I also wanted to help them bring their products to market because many of them have great products, but they're not so great on packaging, or they don't know anything about social media, or they had no idea how much it cost them to actually make their products. So it wasn't priced right. And what I love about Brand Builders Market is you really help them get their product in a market like Keg and Case, but you also provide a lot of consulting for them. So in your own words, why don't you explain what exactly you you do and how this program works? Because it's so yeah. needed. Yeah. So it's, it is a retail space and it does give them these, these founders, the opportunity to really play with a retail strategy, get some more exposure in retail. Um, and, and unlike other retail spaces, um, because we exist to help build these brands, we allow them to really play with their pricing and promotional strategy once they're on shelf. So that's a benefit they get to have in our market versus being in a traditional retail store. But we have a whole program that's built around brand builders market. And so the way that we have it set up is every quarter, brands will rotate through on a quarterly basis. So we'll have a whole new group of brands every quarter, about 15 to 20 brands, roughly. Um, And we create, uh, number one, a community to really bring these founders together 
And we offer them a lot of back-end coaching and consulting support. So we have a weekly group call. I give them exposure to distributors, brokers, retailers, other industry professionals that can help them grow their business in some way. And then we we have uh, several other sort of events or specifics around the market that we build into the program. So every group, every cohort will get a launch party which is basically a mini trade show at Keg and Case. And we have engaged a group of local influencers to attend those launch parties and to really promote our brands while they're at the market. So in our first launch party, which was on Thursday, June 3rd, for this first group, we had over 30 local influencers attend that event. Several more have we have sent out uh, influencer bags to others who weren't able to attend live. And we have generated now thousands of posts for our brands um, through this influencer group. So they get this this launch party. We have a live weekly interview series at Keg and Case that we call Brand Builder Sessions. Every founder will get to do an on-camera interview with me where we really talk about their founder stories, what they do. A lot of, you know, kind of similar things to what you're doing with this podcast. Um, We're recording it. uh, We have a photographer and videographer attend all these events. We do a pitch event at the end of each quarter. Um, This is also live at Kegging Case. It is uh, pitching to investors, retailers, distributors, again, other local industry folks, Um, And then we have a subscription box. We collect consumer feedback through an online survey mechanism. So there's lots of additional support that goes into this. And at the end of the cohort, we will give them all this collateral. So all the photography and videography that we've been doing will be delivered to them and they'll be able to use it in their future marketing and social efforts. They'll continue to stay in our group where we offer coaching and consulting um, and giving them that exposure to to the retail space and helping to build a retail strategy. Okay. My first observation on this is, is 12 weeks enough? Because it feels like you're cycling through these brands pretty quickly. And I feel like most of the brands that I know or I have worked with, they really maybe need more help than that. Yeah, great question. So the 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 12 weeks in the market, this is enough to give them some retail exposure, let them play with some new items or some pricing or promotional strategies, but the continued sort of group coaching continues on after after that. We also have an online course called the Brand Builders Program that builds their retail toolkit. So I walk them through all of these recorded trainings on how to do a sell sheet how to present to buyers, what your buyer communication should look like, how to utilize and optimize your range me, all these pieces that kind of go into building it. So the back end support continues. It's just no longer the space in the market. And the funny thing is, is I can already tell you really get this and you're super smart. So my guess is that you have developed all this stuff through all the experience that you had consulting with people before and that the market is just kind of the last part of a front-facing business strategy. You got it exactly right. So I've worked in the natural products industry for about 12 years now, and I've really been on all sides of the business. I started out as a local buyer at a co-op here in the Twin Cities, Valley Natural Foods. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to be the one of the national category managers for NCG. NCG is National Co-op Grocers. They bring together over 200 co-ops across the U.S., 
So I got the experience of being a national buyer and what that really looks like in building brands from a national level. I was also a director of sales for um, uh, for a probiotic brand. So I got the brand perspective. And then I was a uh, worked for the largest uh, natural independently owned broker in the U.S. present marketing and got to really be the point person for brands when they were building out a larger strategy. So I've taken all of that experience. I started my consulting business a little over two years ago. And you're right, I was doing a lot of this on the back end with these brands. And and how Keg and Case came about or how the market came about is because when Keg and Case leadership team heard what we were doing with building up some of these local brands, they asked if we'd be willing to do a market within the market as a way to put sort of a a front facing uh, visibility to this. It is a really great way to test certain strategies. Um, What I see most with brands is usually packaging is a real area that many of them struggle with. And you can really see when you watch a consumer in a store looking at your package and looking at your item, whether they're getting it. You know what I mean? It's, you've probably, I'm I'm assuming, watched people do this. Like they pick it up, they spin it around, they kind of look at the ingredients. And if it looks like too homemade or if it looks like you're sticking labels on stuff at home, people just don't take the product seriously. Yeah, it's such a good point. That's for sure one of the themes that we see. And with the with the consumer feedback um, survey that we have, that tracks some of that, right? So we're we're engaging these customers to provide real time feedback, um, and it's a little bit different than maybe sometimes the feedback that they're going to get at a farmer's market or when they're actually sitting in front of a customer. These customers are going to be a little bit more sort of honest and open about their feedback about the packaging or the product itself when that founder isn't standing directly across from them. I think it's a different environment too. Like I think when you're at a farmer's market and the packaging's a little homier, that feels right. Yeah. When you're standing in a grocery store or in a market, that same hominess doesn't feel right. It almost feels out of place and dare I say like a little amateurish. Totally. It doesn't translate. You're exactly right. One of the uh, brands that you're working with this quarter is a great example of this. And the product is Maza Chutney. Yeah. And it's a family owned business. The product is so excellent. Like just the taste of it, the texture of it, everything about this product, I just love, but the packaging, they changed it. And I can see looking at the new packaging, how it just could catapult them into the very next big thing, because while their packaging originally didn't bug me, it wasn't great. And now their packaging is like so light, so fresh. I can totally see it appealing to moms and people that are healthy and all the things that their product is, is now conveyed in the package. Yeah. So I think that's really the key point, right? Is that your packaging, it needs to convey what, what your product is, but really sort of the experience of your product. And you use the words for Mazai, you use the words light and fresh, And that really is the experience of the product of what's inside the bottle, right? That's the, that's the user experience that, that people get to get to have when they actually try their products. And they are, I mean, they're a great example, I think of a brand, a local brand that has really, really big opportunity to become a true regional player, to become a true national player. I've heard, you know, one of their founders, as you said, it's a family owned brand, one of their founders 
Yasmin has said, you know, they want to be the next kick-ass condiment company. Mm-hmm. And I think they can do it. Yeah, I think so too. Very much so. Um, in the keg and case example, how are you finding that the market's doing? Keg and case has relaunched. Obviously, COVID shut them down and they are refiguring out their space and re-engaging with new, new consumers. How is the market doing? Yeah, it's a great question. So they reopened May 1st and really June 1st was sort of their grand relaunch. And and one of the things that they have done to really drive traffic is they have kind of kind of really put the stake in the ground around being more of a place for events and not just a place, not just a food hall and not just a place to come and, you know, maybe buy some, you know, buy some local items. So they have an outdoor um, band shell now and, and are doing lots of things with um, outdoor music, outdoor pop-ups, music, uh, movies in the park. And that's helping to bring a lot more people uh, into the space. And I think it's also helping with bringing more of the local community in. Keg and Case always did a pretty good job, actually, of getting folks from the suburbs maybe once or twice a year to come in and kind of make it an event to come. Now they're starting to get some more local traffic. Having said that, I think like a lot of places, you know, the the traffic is still building. They're still working to kind of get people back online and engaged. And it's fun to see some of the vendors inside Keg and Case also creating some events that are continuing to drive more traffic, even outside of what Keg and Case is doing. That's so great to hear because before they opened, um, Craig had engaged me and a gal that I work with. We do a lot of events to produce a plan for them. And we wrote a really nice comprehensive plan about what kind of events and what kind of markets and how they could monetize them and what sort of sponsorship opportunities there might be for a stage and that sort of thing. So I'm glad to see that those ideas are coming to fruition because I always knew that this was going to be a destination market and to create that environment and to get people to come more than once or twice a year, you really do need to pin it on events because no matter how good the, the food is and no matter how good the retail experience is, what we're finding you know, in malls and Rosedale is a good example is you really need to be doing it all. You need to be doing it all. Yeah. And there's, I mean, that's one of the things that we're trying to do with our events. So with our interview series, with our launch party, with our pitch event, and, um, and we're partnering with some, you know, really cool organizations that are also supported to building these brands and building this local ecosystem. So as an example, um, for our next launch party in October, we're partnering with Grow North and they're going to be doing their Food Egg Ideas Week kickoff event the same night as our launch party. And we're going to make it kind of a big party at Keg and Case. Sure. That sounds great. Grow North does a great job. When you, when someone's listening to this and they're a maker, what is a good maker for you? Like, what does that profile look like? Yeah. So it's a really good question. I would say that we have a pretty varied mix of, of founders in our cohort right now, we have a couple brands that are really new, and this is the first time they have ever done retail sales at all. OG Hemp Goods is a clothing brand. They do organic industrial hemp clothing. Um, Magic Moots House of Sparkles is a local soap and bath company. So these two companies are brand new to the market. They've done some direct-to-consumer business, but this is the first time they've touched retail. And then we have brands like TC Chocolate or All Clean Food 
that already have some really decent retail play are continuing to get some more, but wanted more help with reaching a broader audience, with uh, potentially getting engagement with investors, with really working with me on the back end around building out a much bigger retail strategy. So, you know, in terms of where a brand is at in its life cycle, there's there tends to be kind of something for most brands that will resonate. But what we look for are a couple things. Number one, they have to be a natural brand or naturally inclined, something that a co-op would pick up or a Whole Foods at some point, right? So that's that's my personal passion is the natural products industry. Um, and then the other thing that I look at is brands and founders that are really on a mission to do something with their brand, to make it more than a hobby, to make it more than, you know, just a potential farmer's market brand, but that really want to branch out and, uh, and have big goals for their business. It's funny that you mentioned that because I'll never forget, I think in year one of the podcast, I interviewed uh, two ladies that had a really cool product. And I think I insulted them because in asking them questions, it felt very much like their business was a hobby mm-hmm. and that they hadn't really thought about how to make it bigger or whether they even wanted to. Yeah. And I said, you know, this is a great business. You are kind of acting like it's a hobby and that's great. You can have hobbies that are businesses too. But I said, at some point, I think you're going to have to make a choice about the investment you want to put in it. And I've not uh, had the opportunity to talk to them since face to face, but their product has really gone gangbusters and they're doing really great. So at some point, I think they did decide to go from hobby to um, more building the the product out. And, you know, a lot of these people start out, it is like something they make at home or something yeah. that friends loved. So that's not uncommon. But I think once you decide to go for it, you can tell like whether that founder is in it to win it or not. You're so right. And, you know, you and I both talk with a lot of founders, right? Like this is what we do. We're talking with founders all day, every day. And, um, and it's definitely something that I've noticed about a lot of them is, you know, two things, either, first of all, they might not have any idea what a real retail strategy really looks like. I think, especially for a lot of folks here in Minnesota, you know, they, they are either sort of in this sort of like hobby kind of place. Like, I don't know, maybe I just want to get a couple stores and sell farmers markets. And like you said, if that's what you want, no problem, right? That's great. As long as you are really clear on what you want and what your strategy is to do that. And then there are those who are like, yeah, I just want to get into target. And when I get to target, basically I win and all my problems are solved. And, you know, and, and most brands, you know, at this stage are not at all a fit for target. Right. And it's a, it's a disservice for us who, who work in the industry and support these brands to try to, to, to sort of further that belief that target is the right fit for them at this point. Right, right. Yeah, I absolutely hear you. How much does your program cost or are there different levels? The the market is um, a $5,000 program. And so again, that's, you know, that gets you the time in the market plus everything else. And then we, we gift brands, any brand who joins the market, we gift them all the backend support that we talked about. That's our online course, our group community, um, and the opportunity to get some coaching and consulting with me. Excellent. And when you've done the coaching and consulting, what kind of things do you focus on or is it different depending on the brand's life cycle? Yeah, it differs a little bit depending on the brands. I would say for the the majority of these, 
you know, new brands or brands that are just building, we, we will always start with kind of the, what the market looks like for their particular category um, and give them some guidance around what a competitive you know, market analysis really looks like, and then dig into their pricing. Um, most brands that come to me haven't actually done the work. Like you said earlier, you know, they start this because it's been a family recipe or, you know, their friends and family really love what they do. And so they just kind of jump in without doing any of the back end around what does the competitive landscape look like? What's the pricing model in this category? You know, what's a, what's a high price? What's a low price? What's the normal price? So we look at that and then we walk them through a full margin and cost of goods calculator, um, taking into account distributor fees, trade spend, um, shipping, shrinkage, potential broker fees at some point to see if their numbers actually work. Excellent. I mean, those are the kinds of things that people usually haven't thought through and, and you're helping them will make a big difference. Um, you are looking for fall right now, people, right? Yep. So we have just opened up uh, the application process for our Q4 cohort. So this will be brands that will be on shelf October through December. And that's great because that's holiday time. Do you still have space open? We do. Yeah. We have signed a couple brands already, um, but we have, uh, we have spaces open still. Okay. And you've been very generous and given makers of Minnesota, a coupon code that people can use when they sign up that will save them. Um, so I really appreciate that. And they have to use that by when to sign up. So the, the discount, we're offering a $1,000 discount through the end of June. And then we're going to give your people, um, if they sign up after June, we'll give them a $500 discount. And awesome. that, that will go, uh, we'll keep the application open through the end of August. Okay, through the end of August. So I got to get this podcast posted <laughs> so that people can take advantage of this because honestly, it's a really great service. And I think you're doing a great job at helping people get their products to market in a meaningful way. And, you know, you're going to save them a lot of time on the back end because some of these things you end up learning on your own, but you just kind of fumble for a while while you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's really what, what we're trying to do is to help leapfrog these brands, help them eliminate a lot of the the stumbling blocks that happen. You're right. Most of them, if, if they're really dedicated to being successful, they'll find their way through this. It might just take them more time, more money, you know, more kind of trial and error to get there. We want to reduce that and make this um, more, more streamlined, kind of give them a playbook to really be successful here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for talking with me today and thanks for what you do. I know it's it's very helpful to the makers and they really are able to get a lot out of your program. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thanks. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I get your episode posted so that we can um, make sure that we get people enrolled in the program. Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we'll talk soon, Kate. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye.